0: Welcome to the Scripture Study Project, our podcast dedicated to helping you discover the scriptures in a fresh way, invest your mind and heart into your personal study, and connect to God in your everyday life. We are your hosts, Krista and Zach Horton, and this week we are back again with you to study in sections 58 through 59 of the Doctrine and Covenants, and this week we bring you a different ambiance
1: oh, I couldn't really hear the I listened to the episode over I know said I we was I was a little disappointed had the rain.
0: a few weeks ago we had that rain that we thought might appear on the sound um but this week we have closed all the windows to try and get the noise of the birds out they're got very
1: like angry birds <laughs> in our yard and they just yell at each other all day I they're... like
0: to think of them as happy birds oh, they're singing
1: that they sound um good.
0: They sound a little angry. So if you hear screeches in the backgrounds, it indeed is not our children. It is birds. But maybe you won't even hear them anyway, and we'll just make an excuse for something you can't hear anyway. (laughs) But um, this week, we have a continuation of from our episode last week. Last week, we talked about that getting to Zion. How do we find Zion? How do we get there? And this week is... Okay, now that they are in Zion, they have found it, They're getting to this place and it is not as cool as they thought it was going to be. <laughs> in fact, it's pretty bad, pretty hard.
1: Yeah, in fact I've got um, I've got a, descri- a couple of descriptions from people that uh, that wrote about their impressions of Zion once they got there. So this is W.W. Uh, w. Phelps. Um, who just said there were the people in Jackson County, their customs, manners, modes of living and climate were entirely different from the Northerners. That's the mildest one I could find. There's another history that mentioned uh, they, the people living in Jackson County were the basest of men who had fled from the face of civilized society to the frontier country to escape the hand of justice in their midnight revels, their Sabbath-breaking horse racing and gambling. And then I like this. Uh, A traveler to Missouri in in 1833, a couple years later, remarked that the only indication of it being Sunday in the area was the unusual gambling and noise and assemblies around taverns. Uh, You can only tell it's Sunday in Missouri because there's more people gambling and drinking than usual.
0: (laughs) Because they are usually working, so it's (laughs) it's their weekend activity. Um, And obviously these are very pious people, pious perspectives coming to a place that was the frontier, the wild West of coming. And you think about it, they were coming to this place thinking this is going to be Zion. Yeah. That is probably not <laughs> what they were expecting to find when they got there. Um, in fact, I loved the, um, what it said in the introduction and in come follow me as it talked about the expectations that they had for what this was going to be like. And I liked that it said here, um, Some thought they would find a thriving, industrious community with a strong group of saints. Instead, they found a sparsely populated outpost lacking the civilization they were used to and inhabited by rough frontier settlers rather than saints. It turned out that the Lord wasn't asking them just to come to Zion. He wanted them to build it. And I think that's where we find this episode particularly applicable to us today is how often do we have this same experience where we come to a place or we have these expectations of what something is going to be when we get there and we get there and it's hard mm. or it feels very humdrum. We have these expectations. They probably thought they were getting to Zion and it was going to be like this is going to feel different and be different. And a lot of times you get to those places that you've been dreaming of or thinking of and you get there and it's still real life, it's still the same feeling.
1: Um, Washington Irving, the famous writer and a friend of his, uh, traveled through independence in 1832. And his friend that was with him, Washington Irving, just said uh, that the life he saw there was rough and rougher. But his friend wrote this, and I really like this, as a description of what uh, independence, what Missouri is, and maybe as... Uh, A good description of what church members might have felt when they arrived. He said that uh, Independence was full of promise, but containing nothing but a ragged congeries of five or six rough log huts, two or three clapboard houses, two or three so-called hotels, grog shops, and a few stores. Um, Oliver Cowdery wrote something similar when he traveled there. that he said, What I have found here is anything but encouraging. The prospects of our evangelical work appear less likely here than any place I have seen in my westward journeyings. Such a godless place filled with so many profane swears would be difficult to imagine. And so, um, I this is disconnected and maybe random, but I was, I'm. Trying to build a treehouse in our backyard for our kids. Well, the kids and I are trying to build a treehouse. Let's,
0: I was gonna say, let's face it, Zach, this treehouse is for you.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to build a treehouse in the backyard <laughs> so that I can say I built a treehouse in the backyard for our kids. And so I've been watching way too many YouTube videos on building treehouses. And as on YouTube, when you're watching one kind of building or one kind of video, then they recommend other ones. And so I've seen all of these house flip videos. And I've watched a couple of them, and I can't watch them for very long because they're really frustrating. I mean, they're cool. It's a five-minute video, and it shows, here's this house that we bought for... I found one that we bought this house for $5,000, and look what we did to it. For $5,000? Yeah, it was it was completely <laughs> run down. I think it was in... I can't remember where it was, but... Um, And these videos are frustrating and it's the same thing on, um, I'm looking at Pinterest for treehouse ideas and they show these incredible, incredible ideas for treehouses or house remodels or design ideas and the reason it's so frustrating is because I know that um, there is no project, no building project that goes from A to Z as quickly as they show it there. Um, I took my daughter with me to Home Depot this week just to get receptacles outlet receptacles and I stood in the aisle for like five minutes trying to find the right box and then she had to go to the bathroom so we had to go to the bathroom and then come back and we were trying to find something else to go with it we couldn't find that thing we had to ask someone that person didn't know anything so they'd ask someone else And we got home and I still forgot things and And that's
0: just one small step in the huge process of the fact that you have to go to the hardware store multiple 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 times during a project (laughs) usually And this is, of course, all very relevant to us right now because we did buy an older home that we're fixing up. So maybe that's why we resonate so well with these stories of Zion and coming to a house. You're like, this is going to be so much fun to make an old house look better. And then you actually start doing it and you're like, oh, this is actually really hard and it takes a really long time and all the steps in between and trips to Home Depot that you think are going to be fun. I'm going to take my daughter with me. It'll be a good bonding experience.
1: <laughs> and I'll just take one quick trip to Home Depot and pick up all the stuff I need and then come home and get started. Yeah, it's and it it's so easy. Happens. And there's so many of you I know that that I'm sure are nodding your heads listening to this. And so what we want to do this week is there is a heavy theme of repentance and soul-building in these chapters, in these sections. Um, As as you mentioned, they get to Zion, and as they're building Zion, the Lord is building them. And so there's lots of calls to repentance. There's lots of instructions and commandments. And some of our most famous repentance scriptures uh, in our vocabulary come from section 58. But what we want to do is um, we want to study the non-Pinterest side of change. Uh, We noticed some truths in these sections that are ones that we need to know in order to build ourselves to change and to grow, but ones that we probably don't talk about as much.
0: So basically what we want to do is show you all the things that they edit out of those really fast videos when they show those (laughs) really fast flips of, look how great this is. Let's talk about the things that are the things that take time, the things that are a little bit hard as we try and remodel our, our own lives. Yeah.
1: So the question we'd invite you to ask yourself as you study this week is the simple one of, how should I build Zion in my own life? Last week was, how do I get to Zion? Where is it? And now that we found a place where we want to build something, how do you build it? And you'll find so many answers for your own life as you study We wanted to share a couple of ours.
0: So to start off, we'll start in the beginning of section 58. This is verse four. For after much tribulation come the blessings. Wherefore the day cometh that ye shall be crowned with much glory. The hour is not yet, but is nigh at hand. Um, I think it's important to take and remember these warnings we sometimes don't like to focus on maybe the hard things, but this is a little bit of a warning to remind yourself. It can be comforting to be reminded that it's okay if it's hard because it's supposed to be. And it's it's going to be a little tough, but there will come a time where you will get there. Um, there's just a lot of steps in between. And I I particularly liked in verse 7. And also that ye may be honored in laying the foundation and in bearing record of the land upon which the Zion of God shall stand. Um, I like the idea of being honored in laying the foundation, being honored to get to do the work because it's the process. It's part of our humanity is to learn and grow and change and be interested and fascinated by that growth that we get to do. Because I started thinking about um, laying a foundation, and that sounds pretty easy. You get to lay down a foundation and get that started, but the work that goes into even laying a foundation, you have to dig first. You have to, well, dig and build. I actually don't know how to lay a foundation. Zach, can you... (laughs) Do you have any, ins- well, have no. you watched any videos on how to lay well, a foundation? We
1: were talking about <laughs> this when we, uh, when we bought our, our home, one of the things we thought is, oh, we'll add an extra garage onto the home and it'll be, it'll uh, be perfect. it'll be, it'll be, a, be a simple so project. And as we researched, we found out that the most difficult and the most expensive part of that process is the footings. You have to not just lay down a concrete pad. You have to make sure that concrete pad is founded deep enough so that it doesn't shift or crack. Uh, and that's the work that takes the most. And so as you talk about change here being hard because laying a foundation for change is hard, That that's the image that, that comes to my mind.
0: Well, and then in the following verses, verses 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, um, they use another analogy is used. The Lord talks about preparing for um, the marriage feast and for preparing the preparations for dinner. And I think if we want to switch real quickly to a different analogy of Um, From the building analogy and think about all the preparations that are put into the marriage, the marriage feast. There are these one, even into preparing dinner or preparing a supper for something special, a special occasion. Um, Thinking of all the preparations that goes into that one moment that maybe lasts an hour, maybe an evening. Um, We're watching our, uh, my mother-in-law prepare for a wedding and just kind of reminiscing on all of the things that maybe we did for our wedding or all of the preparations that go in and the little details and the work and the behind the scenes work that happens to make an event happen can just remind you of that there's there's a lot that goes into that
1: change takes work and maybe that's a simple point but uh it's one that we don't talk about at least in my experience uh especially growing up Repentance was often described as a simple step-by-step approach to getting rid of a sin. And as I've uh, come to realize it's very it takes a lot more time and a lot more effort, a lot more digging uh, to change something about myself. And even then there's still things that, that show up years after I thought something was gone, you know, little hints of personality flaws that I thought had changed and aren't. And so it just takes change takes time.
0: I think it's just a really healthy thing to remember, too, Mm -hmm. so you can have more patience and more understanding and love for yourself as you go through the process.
1: Well, a point that I found that I think balances this point out well is even though change is difficult, building Zion takes time. It takes a foundation. It is a partnership. We are not expected to do this alone. I love... Uh, And you probably do too. Verse 3, you cannot behold with your natural eyes for the present time the designs of your God concerning those things which shall come hereafter and the glory which shall follow after much tribulation. Again, with that building metaphor, the Lord is asking them to lay a foundation, which is not attractive work and there's very little to show for it. But what he's encouraging them to remember in this verse is that he has designs and plans to build something much grander on that foundation than they could ever imagine. And he's promising to partner with them in that work. In fact, a little bit later on, he chastises them for not believing his promises. This is verse 31. Who am I, saith the Lord, that have promised and have not fulfilled? I command and men obey not. I revoke and they receive not the blessings. Then they say in their hearts, This is not the work of the Lord, for his promises are not fulfilled. Um, And so I I liked reading that as they're building Zion, the Lord has plans and designs. And to borrow from other sections of scripture, uh, he himself will labor in the vineyard with us as we work on change. It's not something we're doing on our own. In fact, there's a really well-known reference in section 58, verses 27 and 28, men should be anxiously engaged in a good cause. Verse 28, they should be agents unto themselves. Um, But uh, as as powerful as that instruction is, I like this to W.W. Phelps in verse 41, Says He hath need to repent, for I, the Lord, am not well pleased with him, for he seeketh to excel, and he is not sufficiently meek before me. In other words, although we are asked to be agents and to do much good of our own free will and choice, we are not asked to do it alone. We are not asked, in fact, we're chastised if we seek to excel without drawing upon the Lord's willingness to help and certainly his power to do so. Uh, And therefore, one of the most important qualities needed in change is is meekness, is a humble admission uh, that God has designs and plans for us and is working on us and, uh, and that he's partnering with us in that effort.
0: I like the way that the Lord said, says this in verse 25. Wherefore, let them bring their families to this land as they shall counsel between themselves and me. I think that hits that home of that it's a partnership between God and between us mm-hmm. as we build, as we grow, as we change to not forget him, but not leave out that part that it's up to us to do things and change. Mm hmm. Um, And it, it talks a little bit about more about these in those verse. some of those verses that you just read, 26. um, It's not meet that I should command in all things for he that is compelled in all things is the same as a slothful and not a wise servant, wherefore he receiveth no reward. Verse 27, Verily I say men should be anxiously engaged in a good cause and do many things of their own free will and bring to pass much righteousness. And then this in verse 28, for the power is in them, where wherein they are agents unto themselves. Um, so that brings up, I mean, kind of an interesting question and one that I've wrestled with is we're being told to counsel with him and we're being told to take his counsel and to use it, but we're also being told that the power is within us to, to change and to do things. And I myself have had that wrestle of how much do how much is me and how much is god and i i think i've kind of teeter tottered between having this maybe a more independent attitude of like i have to do everything and change as i've as i'm now kind of observing myself over the past years in my life um and then maybe in the more recent past to making God do everything or thinking that it's all up to him. And I don't know, even as I say that it's a tricky balance because you do want to give things to God. You do want to let him be in charge, but there, it, there remains this teeter totter of what's, what it is. Most recently I, um, was struggling with just, I mean, the change we moved far away and, COVID and all of the things that I just kind of got hit with just this overload of anxiety and depression and all of these things that just felt really heavy to me. And I remember just wrestling with God and with myself of like, how am I ever going to get out of this? Because this feels too hard and too heavy. And it was in that moment that I heard, (laughs) heard a voice in my head that was just from God, in my opinion, an answer to prayers was, you just have to start, you just have to do it. And what a simple reminder that I needed, but what a powerful one for me is like that kind of that slap in the face of, you have to start doing something. I can't propel you in all the ways. You actually have to do the things I that you have been collecting, that you've been trying to work on and take action. And so I don't think there's a right answer. Maybe you have one, Zach, as far as how that balance works, But recognizing that maybe that it is a balance, that you're going to be constantly wanting God's help. And you're also going to constantly be needing to work because it takes work to change on our own part. But invite God in on the work, too.
1: I think that balance is the key word, that repentance, change takes a balance of effort from us and an admission of God's plans and power for us.
0: And I, I do like that, like verse 28. I already read it, but like power is in you. And I think that's important to remember too, that we, a lot of what we hold inside of us is very valuable and God sees that we can do a lot. And speaking of balance, another good balance to all of this hard work that we're talking about and all the things that you need to press on and do is the, the balance that we get in section 59 about the Sabbath day and about rest, that as much as we, I, I love this thinking of this work is, The Sabbath is important for man. It's important for the earth. It's important for every pattern and cycle that we see in the, in God's creation, but how important it is for us that we take a Sabbath and a rest from that too, that there's beauty and joy in that as well. I love that reminder.
1: I love verse 10. Verily, this meaning the Sabbath is a day appointed unto you to rest from your labors and to pay thy devotions unto the most high, um, the Savior taught in the New Testament, I love his explanation that man man was not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for man. In other words, the Sabbath, and I think Sabbath-like rest, whether it's on Sunday or whether it's in an evening or whether it's at other times in our life, those kind of restful moments uh, God commands us to take for our own spiritual benefit it's a time to rest from our labors and to focus on building that relationship with him and i think without that uh, our lives can get depleted our, our spiritual energy can get depleted really quickly this one's personal to me because i'm a rusher and racer, and forcing myself to take rest uh, to honor that commandment from god and to spend time renewing my relationship with Him sometimes gets put by the wayside as I try and accomplish so many other things
0: and don't you just see the wisdom in rest of it brings back um, excitement and vigor into the work that you're putting in when you allow yourself to step away and to rest and I love the I love this that we get the sabbath but I also love the symbolism of the sabbath too in that way
1: Well, there are so many other things that uh, you will find in your own study as you wrestle with what Zion is for you and how you build it. But as one final point maybe that uh, is helpful, at least for me, in section 58, um, as they're talking about gathering people to Zion, the Lord just instructs them in verse 56, Let the work of the gathering be not in haste nor by flight, but let it be done as it should be counseled by the elders of the church at the conferences according to the knowledge which they receive from time to time, which in parentheses, receive time to time from me. I thought that was a great verse to bring all of these points together. Um, Change, building Zion, is difficult. Uh, Laying a foundation is difficult. Luckily, we are partnered with an all-powerful God who has designs and plans for us and who will counsel with us. If we take opportunities to rest and renew our relationship with him and then pursue that change in partnership with him, I think we can see some wonderful results. But we have to remember that it does not happen quickly. If there's a takeaway we've learned from uh, wrestling with our house and, and uh Fixing things and renovating things,
0: and building a treehouse.
1: Building a treehouse. It's that nothing. It takes long. The number of times we said that will take only about an hour. We'll fix that in about an hour.
0: Yeah. Why uh, do we even say things like that? That'll be. Let's know. just do this real quick thing.
1: Change isn't fast, and so we shouldn't expect fast change for ourselves or for the things we want to change in our life. Zion, uh, Enix, Zion took over three hundred years to build. And so um, with all of the things that we've learned, I think there's a patience that comes with it that would be really helpful.
0: And also knowing that we can change, that it does happen, and being excited for those small amounts of growth that you see and celebrating those small moments or the moments where you can look back on when you're resting and see how far we've come and see that God is with you and working with you.
1: Thank you so much for studying with us this week. Uh, We hope, as always, that this creates a great study for you, that you get answers from the Lord to your personal questions. And we will see you next week.